Hey, what's going on, guys? It's Matt Dimas here, and welcome to episode 2 of the Matt Dimas Unleashed podcast. Whew, Bethesda, what are you guys doing? So, I, t- I touched on this uh, a little bit on the previous uh, episode of this podcast. Um, I quickly mentioned about how Bethesda were rolling out this $100 subscription um, thing for Fallout 76. Number one, if you're still playing Fallout 76 in, in late 2019, you're a fucking moron. Number two, $100? Seriously? <laughs> you know, it wasn't enough that you got to pay top dollar for a broken wreck of a game, and now they want you to pay more for what? Private servers that aren't even private. That's I'm, I'm not kidding. Everything's broken on these... um new servers or whatever the hell they've rolled out. Everything's fucked. The situation since, um, the 24th, the situation has escalated, has escalated since then. I mean, even Reddit is turning on, um, Bethesda right now, and when you lose Reddit, you know that you, you're fucked, because a lot of Reddit users on the Fallout 76, um, subreddit are, like, ridiculously loyal to the game. <laughs> like, they'll just be like, sitting there in a burning down house, and they'll be like, this is fine, you know, these type of people will defend a fucking, um, terrorist if they had the chance, you know, it's, (laughs) like, I I don't even know why they, they stuck around for so long, but even these fucking morons are fucking turning on, um, Bethesda at this point, and, you know, I think it, I I think when that happens, you need to really have a, a strong look at yourself, because Bethesda as a company obviously do not want to have anything to do with the gaming industry anymore, because if they're pulling shit like this, they're just asking to be just completely blacklisted, blackballed from the industry, because, you know, this is a, this is turning into a PR nightmare, um, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's what it's like. Why would you continue to support Fallout seventy six after the massive failure it's been? I I just the goodwill with the company has been completely destroyed, and you know, no, they don't seem to give a shit. Like they really don't. They just want to keep milking people for money, and it it's it doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, it'll never make, I don't even, I got, at this point, guys, I think Bethesda are better off just stepping away from gaming for a while, because this has just been a complete, utter, roll, dumpster fire, like, this shit has gone nuclear at this point, this is like an atomic bomb exploding in a dumpster, you know, it's just, it's gonna, a lot of people are pissed off, and I don't blame them, you know, even the people that support the game. Well, okay, you like the game, that's fine. I, I, honestly, I think you're a fucking moron, but, you know, whatever, you do you, okay? But, <laughs> you know, even these people are, are starting to realize, what the fuck am I doing with my life, you know? <laughs> it's getting, it's getting really bad. The the thing that, that really, that just makes, that baffles my mind is the fact that this, um, you know, the subscription pass thing, whatever you want to fucking call it, is buggy. So, Bethesda couldn't even scam their own, you know, player base. You know, it's just, when you can't even fuck people over, that's when you know you got to pack it in. This really should be a case study on, on how to completely destroy your um, business. 
I got a feeling uh, Bethesda kind of pulled this so that they can take everyone's attention off Blizzard, but that's not going to happen. I mean, that's just a theory, but I think that's what's going on, and a lot of people are speculating that in the comments section, it seems. Um, wouldn't be surprised if this was just a PR stunt, just to be like, oh, hey, we're, we're, we're stupid over here. We're trying to scam people. Look over here. You know, it's just ridiculous. Um... <laughs> Just when you think Blizzard can be, it has has done the most retarded thing of the year, Bethesda is like, hold my beer, bro. You know, it's just absolutely insane. But anyway, that's enough harping on Bethesda. I really don't want to be giving them any more attention because they don't deserve it. Like, they've just completely and outright failed everyone in every single way. So, I'm going to move on to another topic here. Um, okay, so there's this video game that's called um, Ateria Riser. Uh, it features this character who is, well, if you see, uh, if you can Google the game, you'll see, you'll most likely stumble across a picture of her. She's well endowed. Okay, it, that, to, 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 say, to say the least. And, um, you know, people on Twitter are having an absolute, um, you know, hissy fit over it. Because, of course, we can't have fucking sexy females in gaming. You know, it's like, forget the fact that video games and, and movies and whatnot are completely fiction. You know, it, it's a fictional character. So no one's really being exploited at all. It's a, it's a fucking anim, 3D anim, anim, it's a 3D model. Of a female um, um, uh, girl. So I don't know why people get so upset about um, video game characters. Because it's fictional. I've never understood it. I, getting angry over fictional over, over fictional characters is just completely redundant. And, and it just seems like something that these people do. Just, just for the sake of doing it. All, all these people on Twitter right now. They're going on about how like. Oh this hurts women. I don't know how to fuck this would hurt women. I think this would make a lot of guys more interested in women. But, you know, it's just... The kind of logic that these people deal with is just completely asinine. Um, so, uh, people have been up in arms about this game for a while. And I think um, the, the, the producer um, actually came out and said something about the outrage. Or, or fake outrage, I should call it. Because that's what it is. It's fake outrage. Um... So basically, the producer of this video game came out and said that he was actually surprised that people found the lead character sexy. I mean, well, <laughs> she's obviously well endowed, so I mean, you know, she has some sex appeal, so I don't know what he was talking about there, but I think he knows exactly what he's doing, honestly. Um, I think he's tr maybe trolling everyone, I'm not sure, but whatever. He's well aware that sex sells, and this game is going to sell, like, hotcakes, because it's, it looks, uh, I might actually check this out, because if all these morons hate it, it must be good. So, you know, it's definitely something to look at, um, maybe when I get some time. I'm not really big on, the only RPGs I've really been playing lately is Final Fantasy, and some, well, I did play Undertale for a while, so, you know, my back, my, um, history with arch, uh, RPGs is definitely a, a long one. Um, you know, I've been playing them since the late 90s, so, you know, it's, it would be fun to be able to jump into it. It looks pretty good, it looks like a typical, um, JRPG, more or less. Um, apparently it's part of a, a game series, a game series called Atelier. 
So it's like a comp- it's like it's like oh, there's been a lot of these games actually, from what I can see here, and um, this is one of the newest ones, I suppose. So, um, they are just a series of role-playing games. So you know, cool. Yeah, man. I I don't know why people get so upset about this stuff. It's just goddamn video game. Like, what's the big deal? Just let people have fun. That's why you play video games, to escape from the bullshit clown world reality that we live in. <laughs> like, you know, just recently, um, some kid uh, literally came out and said, um, boy actually um, told someone that mummy tells him that he's a girl. So you've got parents literally trying to brainwash children into changing their gender at this point. It's just ridiculous. And apparently this mother wants to chemically castrate her seven-year-old son. Look, I get it. Transgenders are a thing, but Jesus Christ, woman, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, seven-year-old son? Are you you actually... Are you... Honestly... Are you... are Are you, like, mentally unstable? Why would you do that to your kid? Like, he's not even old enough to even know about what sex is, and here you are saying, oh, we're going to castrate your son. How about that? Like a fucking dog. Like, that's just... That is peak humanity right there. I'm, I'm, that is just absolute insanity. It's child abuse. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's child abuse. It's ridiculous. So, uh, the whole thing with Vic Mignogna has been going on since February, and I've touched on it a couple of times, but I haven't really gone in depth. Honestly, at this point, you know, I've both sides are pretty much really going in ham right now. Look, I support Vic Mignogna, but I, I'm also not ignoring the, the um, allegations. And I've, I've looked at all the uh, quote-unquote evidence. Even though a lot of it has been disproven, there are some things in there that um do make me uh, raise an eyebrow i'm not gonna lie i'm I'm not just gonna sit here and say it's all bullshit i think maybe vic has made some bad decisions in his time but honestly i mean he's come out and apologized he he he's been saying like you know he touches people he's friendly and he admitted himself it probably wasn't the best thing to do but i mean you really didn't he didn't really have to apologize because at that point i thought it would have been common sense for everyone but instead, everyone just went absolutely batshit insane about it. And it became the absolute dumpster fire that it is right now, where you've got, you know, all of these people making up stuff, faking swatting, um, you know, making up lies, lying in court, um, potentially bribing judges, because the recent, uh, the judge that worked on that, um, was, uh, did one of the, uh, hearings was apparently, um, really biased. I don't know what's going on there. It sounds really fishy, but either way, this is this has been a complete mess. And a lot of I have lost respect for a lot of voice actors over this whole thing. I mean, you know, there's been people that have come out saying that these guys have actually like bu- actually bullied people that they work with. Like uh, there was some leaked footage of um I think Sean Chamel actually impersonating Vic 
saying, oh, I touch kids, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what the fuck? You know, it's like, you know, when you've got all this evidence that has been come out and has been disproven, I mean, you know, obviously I'm still going to sit here and be like, okay, that's all bullshit, but maybe there is some truth to this, which there probably is. I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. It's Vic Mignogna we're talking about. He, he got really close to his fans, okay? That's fair enough. But, you know, with all the evidence that's been disproved about him, it's like, it doesn't help their case. It doesn't help me, it doesn't help a lot of people, you know, believe it, believe that he's guilty, even though I myself, I'm still on the fence about it. But I'm really starting to lean into not guilty territory. But I, I'm, like I said, I'm still looking at this evidence and I'm going to see if there's at least some truth to it before I fully make my decision. But ultimately, I support Vic Mignogna and that's the bottom line. Even though, just because, just because a lot of the evidence that all the rebuttal to all the evidence that's come out and allegations has been... Basically, a lot of stuff people have come out with have debunked a lot of the allegations. And I mean a lot, not all of them. And that's why I'm still kind of on the fence about it, basically. So, you know, more stuff has to develop before I can really give a more detailed opinion about this. It's still an ongoing thing. It'll probably continue on for the next couple of years, most likely. So we'll just have to see what happens. And um, yeah, I, I'm just really disappointed in a lot of people. You know, Sean Chamel, Chris Sabat, Monica Rial, all of these guys have just completely disgraced themselves. And um, it's disappointing as a Dragon Ball Z fan because I grew up with these guys' voices, man, you know? And it's just ridiculous that my childhood, you know, memories of, you know, watching Dragon Ball Z uh, have been tainted like this, knowing that these guys are complete douchebags, you know? Uh, I don't know, man. I Look, I'm not, like viscerally mad at these guys but i'm i'm just disappointed and we all know that that's a lot worse <laughs> so yeah that's about as much as i'll say about that so apparently there's some people out there that think that these there's okay so there's these black pumpkins that are making rounds around people's um houses and shopping centers shopping shopping malls whatever you guys call them up in america and apparently some people have taken offense to these uh, black pumpkins and calling them racist. You know, w when you call something in an, an inanimate object racist, I think that's where you kind of have to draw the line at your... Um, you kind of have to have a look at yourself and be like, hey, maybe I should check myself into a fucking um, mental hospital because, yeah, I think that fucking plant, uh, pumpkins are racist. You know, it's just fucking stupid. And, and these types of people are real. They legitimately exist. <laughs> and it scares me fucking ridiculous i'm not even gonna entertain this it's just so stupid so um i i didn't really talk about it in the previous episode of the podcast but i think i should bring it up now in more detail i mean i have talked about it in let's plays and whatnot here and there but um so there was this company i worked for called um gsr 
which st- stands for Game Shark Reviews. I accidentally called them GSR Reviews in the previous podcast, my bad. But yeah, you know, I these guys were just complete fucking control freaks. Like they wouldn't let me do anything. Like they were like writing scripts for me, and you know, I kind of um parted ways with them in late 2016 because I was just sick and tired of the way they were treating me. Um, and it kind of gave me a little look into the window of how gaming journalism works. Like, you know, everything is fed to you. You don't have a say in anything. You can't have a, you, you can't have a personal opinion about anything. It's so dumb. And they were absolutely hounding me. They're like, when's this? You're going to finish that review? You're going to finish that review? You're gonna... And like the work schedule was so hectic. I couldn't keep up, you know, because they wanted me to do like free game reviews in a week. I'm like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you, like, you're not even paying me to do this. It, it was just a complete mess. But, yeah, I've stopped doing game reviews for them for, um, ever since uh, 20, late 2016. And, I, and I, I did talk about it. I wanted to start doing personal game reviews on my channel. Like, you know, some call me Johnny, Angry Video Game Nerd. Well, probably not, like, a Angry Video Game Nerd because I don't want to just be a clone of him. I just want to kind of have my own thing going on when it comes to YouTube. Like, I kind of want to create my own personality and just you know, just, just be me, <laughs> you know, and, and, and not try to copy anyone else, although I really do like some call me Johnny's, um, way of reviewing, so I will obviously take influence from him, but, you know, I, I'll try to do my own thing, but yeah, I, you know, I was desperate in, like, 2015, I was looking for jobs online, you know, and then I saw this, like, game review thing, and it was Game Shark Reviews, and I'm like, oh, this can't be bad, so I did it for a couple of weeks, so it was alright, and then, you know, the year after, it just got ridiculous. Dude was, like, you know, chastising me for, um, you know, uh, scripts that I were writing. They were like, oh, you can't write that, you have to write it like this, you know, and it's like, you know. <laughs> about a week before I left the company, I actually noticed that guy deleted me from Facebook, so, you know. Um, good riddance (laughs) I mean you really don't want to be working with people like that that are really toxic Um, my friend Rinsler who works in photography knows damn well how it is when it comes to working with fucking morons that don't know what they're doing like they want to start this big company up and you know they're doing nothing to promo I mean GameShark reviews on YouTube they were getting like five views a video it was re- it was pathetic so what was the point of me bothering at that point that's what that was my mindset when I left the company I'm like these guys are going nowhere they don't know how to run their business the the direct media directors are fucking assholes and you know I was like we'll see you later I'm gonna get work with Madman and I got I got I got the job with Madman Entertainment and I've been with them since, like, 2017. I've been, well, I think it was 2016. I don't know, but I was with them. I've been with them for a while, and they've been really good to me. So, you know, no regrets. So, moral of the story, you know, I guess uh, just be really careful with who, what you jump into, because, you know, you could be getting taken advantage of. I mean, I wasn't even getting paid to do these game reviews, and it took, like, days to edit and film and write scripts and stuff. It was ridiculous. I don't want to do that and not get paid to do it. But I also want to do that on my YouTube channel, which is funny, but the thing is it'll be my per- it'll be the thing is it'll be my personal review. It won't be something someone fucking wrote for me. I can actually give my opinion out. You know, that's why I'd rather do that instead of, you know, 
work for a faceless corporation that wants to try to be the next IGN, you know? But yeah, if you the stay away from Game Shark reviews, they I don't know what they're doing nowadays. Like it's twenty almost the end of twenty nineteen now. It's been a while since uh, all this shit happened, but I'm guessing they never went anywhere, so you know, good riddance. Um so yeah, that's the whole story behind that. I think I might have missed out on some details, but let me just try to just summarize it just again. Basically, join this company, treated me like shit, so I left. That's basically what happened, so that was the whole story behind GSR. And um, why those... I have left the reviews up on my YouTube channel that I did with them. But the thing is, the ones that I uploaded, like Rebel Galaxy and another one I did, forget what it was, I actually re-uploaded it to my channel because they wouldn't let me upload it to my channel. When I put it on my channel, on my YouTube channel, which has like 2,000 subs, by the way, way more than what their official channel has, they're like, oh, you can't do that. You ha it's only allowed on GS GameShark Reviews channel. And I'm like, No. <laughs> you know, I you know all that work I put into it. You know, why can I not share it on you know in thousands of people on my channel and have people you know come to my channel and watch my videos and maybe I could gain a following by doing this. You know, doing these reviews and they're like, no, you can't do that. And I'm at that point. I think that was about when I was considering just giving up uh, with GSR. So I wouldn't respond to messages on Facebook and I wouldn't communicate with him, I'd be like, oh, I'm moving house, because I was moving house in late 2016, so I was making excuses, like, oh, I'm still moving, I can't do that now, and then eventually they just cut me off, anyway, like, that one guy in particular, um, deleted me on Facebook, so I'm like, okay, whatever, I'm done, and that's basically, uh, the whole story behind it, so, um, you know, it was a nightmare, I mean, look, I don't have anything against these guys, but the way they treated me wasn't professional, and, it, it, you know, the way Madman have been treating me when it comes to, you know, me working on uh, voice acting stuff and, like, distributing, they've been so much better than, they, they have been way better than me, like, they'll just give me as much leniency as I want, I don't have to rush things, they don't constantly hound me, I'm actually the one that's sending them messages, you know? So, that's the kind of relationship you want. You want a really laid-back environment, not some cancerous, you know, push-and-pull bullshit. But, um, yeah. Anyway, that's the whole story behind GSR. Um, it's definitely a cautionary tale. Uh, don't... If something looks too good to be true, it usually is. So, yeah. You know, I was, I was glad to finally get, like, a proper job and be able to make some income so I can actually buy gear worth a damn. So that was that was pretty cool. So apparently the uh, Canon 1DX Mark III came out. I mean, I'm not going to be able to afford this camera, but it's nice to see that Canon is still um, are, are, are continuing the 1DX line. Um, it'll be good for people with way too much money, <laughs> more or less. Uh, it looks good. Uh, 20 frames per second 4K. Uh, um, uh, stills, I think. Is it 20 frames per second stills? Uh, how many megapixels? I got no idea. Okay, so the 1DX, I think it's actually a mirrorless camera. Yeah, it's a mirrorless camera. Okay, interesting. Uh, let me get some specs on this thing. Give me a second. Let me ring this up. So, apparently, it's 4K, 10-bit, 4, uh, 4.22 and raw video internally. Okay, it can do 4K video up to 
60fps, which is nice. It's got the option of capturing raw video. I mean, like I said, I'm not going to be able to afford this camera. I mean, the prices that I'm looking at right now are absolutely batshit. <laughs> 5000 American dollars, I think. Or something like that. I know it's going to be thousands of dollars and it's way out of my price range. But it's nice to know that Canon is showing love to the 1D line. So that's pretty cool. Um, I've always been fascinated with the high-end cameras. I know I'll never be able to own them, but it's, you know, it's cool to be able to see them. Um, I think that, yeah, and Fujifilm, the Fujifilm X-Pro3 came out not too long ago. I think uh, Kai reviewed it. Kai W from Digital Rev TV. Well, at least he was in Digital Rev. I don't think he works for them anymore because he doesn't really, I don't know what's going on with Kai, but yeah, he did a review of them and review of the camera and it looks alright but it's probably really expensive <laughs> you know that's the thing that photography and that's a lot of that's what a lot of these cameras have in common they're very expensive but they're very good um you really kind of have to have a job in photography to consider investing this much money into a camera because like it's just not worth it otherwise you're just throwing money down the toilet just to take pictures of your family or whatever um so, yeah. So, there's a graphics card I've been looking at, which is the uh, 5700 XT Gigabyte one. Uh, it's an AMD graphics card. It's apparently got a, it's got a good performance and to price ratio. But when I was talking to my friends on some Discord servers, they're like, oh, the AMD encoders are shit on OBS or whatever. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm just going to have to get a 2080 Ti. But I have to wait for that price to drop because 1500 bucks is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm not paying that much for a graphics card. I don't care what anyone says. Like, you know, you guys can have your fucking $1,000, $10,000 rigs. Not me. Not me. It's for a guy like me that, you know... It's not necessary. If I'm able to do the work I'm doing now with no issues, there's no reason for me to even upgrade from what I got now. But, that being said, I'm still using a 980Ti, which, granted, I can overclock to almost 1500 MHz, which is pretty sweet, but, you know, it's coming of age. It's a pretty old graphics card at this point, and, you know, it's the G, it's the Gigabyte um, 980Ti, so you can, yeah, the overclock potential for it is really big. Um, I think it's factory overclocked as well, so. But yeah, it would be nice to finally get a graphics card that could push 2 gigahertz, um, with, um, core speed, and be able to play a lot of the new games at, at max ultra settings in 1080p. I can play most stuff at ultra settings in 1080p, but there are some games that struggle, like Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Kinda have to just keep it on high or medium. Well, actually, I have to play around with the graphics on Shadow of the Tomb Raider to get it looking really smooth everywhere, which is kind of annoying. Um, but, you know, what are you going to do? It's just... It, I, it was just... That was that moment I was like, look, I need to get a new graphics card. I don't care how... Even though the 980 Ti serves me well for work and whatnot, it's still, it's still worth looking into to upgrade. So, you know, I'll look into it. Yeah... So, Kanye West's new album came out, um, Jesus is King. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but from what I hear, some people liked it, some people hated it. The tracks that leaked um, a few months ago or whatever sounded pretty okay. Some were a little bit weird, not gonna lie. But, you know, it, it's inter- it was interesting to listen to. I mean, I like Kanye West as an artist. He's really, uh, he really uh, pushes the boundaries with sound and, you know, he tries different things, you know, and even if it comes off as sounding really weird, you know, it's, you know, the gambles that he takes with his music, you know, sometimes really pays off. I mean, when it pays off, it really pays off. Like with Kids See Ghosts, that album blew the fuck up. Like it was ridiculous. Um, so, you know, the, yeah, Kids See Ghosts, that was a really good album. The one he did with, uh, yeah, that was him and Kid Cudi. It was nice to see Kid Cudi bounce back from that terrible 2015 album, whatever the hell it was called, Speeding Bullet to Heaven. Oh my god. Like, you know, I always say stuff like, God forbid an artist tries to experiment, but that album was just, it, like, not, not only did it sound like trash musically, but sonically as well, like, mixing-wise, it just sounded really, really um, unpolished and unpleasing to listen to. So, you know, I've got nothing against experimentation. But, like, Kid Cudi completely failed on in that regard, unfortunately. But he bounced back. He bounced back. And that's all that matters to me at the end of the day. It's nice to see an artist learn from their mistakes and change their shit up. Which is something I'm hoping Machine Head fucking does. <laughs> because, goddamn, do or die. Are you fucking kidding me, guys? <laughs> I'm sick of all you haters and your hate! You know, it's, oh my god. Uh, I don't know. So, um, Tom DeLong, um, from Blink-182, did, uh, did a, uh, uh, an Ernie Ball String Theory video, which is interesting. He was featured in an Ernie Ball String Theory video. Um, pretty cool. You know. It was interesting to see him talk about, um, how he achieved, what he's trying to talk about. It was interesting to see him talk about how he tries, what he's trying to achieve when it comes to music, and it really opened your eyes to the creative process. And, um, you know. But yeah, Tom DeLong, he's doing things, that's cool. Uh,. So, I think you guys may be aware of this website called Reset Era, which is the vast majority of users on there are uh, complete nut jobs. And, um. And apparently, this user made a, a post that says, I love the smell of human waste. <laughs> Confession time. I love the smell of human waste. That's the name of the, fre- the thread that he made. So, this kind of sums up the type of people that post on a shitty forum like this. And these are the type of nut jobs that are, you know, directly influencing the gaming industry. And, you know, that just makes me just want to face palm. Get the fuck out of here. I don't even want to fucking read this guy's post. It's, it's, I, I just, I, uh, it's just ridiculous. Peak clown world right there, guys. Um, so my, Miami has basically turned into a, a poop, um, in fa- a, a, a shithole, a literal shithole. And, you know, of course the right-wingers are going to be like, Thanks to the Democrats! Which, I mean, they're not wrong. <laughs> but, like... I think it's more or less just people, like... 
that are dealing with human services not really, you know, giving a shit at this point because there's so much drug issues going on in a lot of these cities like California, Florida, New York. It's gotten to a point where people would just stop giving a shit. And, um... Yeah, it's... I don't know, guys. I, I really couldn't... My, my fucks are at zero at this point when it comes to this stuff. Um... America is in a pretty sorry state, and, and you know, everyone's well aware of that, so me just talking about it even further would just come off as just tiring, and uh, I'm already jaded enough as it is. Oh, look, Verizon's tech website encourages the public to block discussion. Not, nice to know that the same idiot that endorsed that Ajit Pai moron is, you know, censoring speech. That's just fantastic. I guess we'll move on to music. I kind of want to talk about some new music. That's been, uh, some more new music that's been popping up. Uh, apparently, Coldplay are coming out with um a couple of uh, uh well, it's like a double album, I think, or something. Um, it's cool that Coldplay have just come out of the woodworks and released something. Um, it definitely sounds a little bit different to their older stuff, but that's cool. I mean, I've always been a fan of Coldplay. I like their albums. I love Parachutes. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed... Um, I actually really liked uh, uh, Viva La Vida and or the Def or, and, or Def and all of his friends or whatever the album was called. I can't remember. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it was nice for them to... Uh, do like a more indie rock kind of upbeat kind of thing. Um, definitely sounds it definitely sounds different to their like dreamlike um you know falsetto singing style stuff like you know that kind of stuff. It's definitely more um it it's more appealing. It's it's definitely it sounds more modern. It's it sounds like something you'd hear on the radio everywhere. So you know they obviously know what they're doing when it comes to crafting a sound. That will be received well by a mass or a mass audience. So, you know, good for them. Um, one song in particular I actually really like is um, Arabesque, and I really like Orphans as well. Very cool. Um, I think there were the two singles that were that were released. I think the album is. Oh wait, no, the album's actually set for release on the twenty second of November. Okay, so the album's going to be called Everyday Life. Okay, there we go. Yeah, it helps to do a little bit of research, Matt. You fucking moron. But yeah, Everyday Life. Uh, that's the name of the album. Um, definitely check it out, guys, when it drops, because I got a feeling it's going to be very interesting. It's got a, it'll have a very interesting sound to it. It'll have a very unique sound to it. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that. Apparently, the recording process with uh, Orphans was um, it was recorded last minute during the uh, mixing of the album. So. You know, which it, it, it would you know like all right, let's make this the lead single. So that that's cool that they you know once they finish the entire album, they were finally like okay, let's get a single out there. And that's actually that's a good way to go about it. Get an idea of what sound you're trying to go for, and then when you finally mastered it, you know, put out like the ultimate song, <laughs> more or less, or um, or one of the two singles. Uh, Arab S is the other single they put out. Um, the background behind that was on the on the twenty fourth, um, when my previous podcast aired, it was announced that the song um 
Arab-esque would be released as a double single with Orphans. So, as the lead singles off um, Everyday Life. Um, so, yeah. So yeah, it's cool to see Coldplay back in action. Um, haven't heard much from... Uh, there's a couple of bands that I've been keeping my eye on over the last couple of years. That kind of... You know, there's this band called Swans. Um, it's kind of like an experimental rock band, more or less. Um, and they came out with some new music after such a long time of um, being on hiatus. I mean, they were like... Uh, what was the... Oh no, yeah. From um, the the, the last release between there was only two. The, the, there's a gap between um their 2010 album that goes from all the way to 1996. <laughs> yeah, they were on a, a humongous hiatus up until from 1996 to 2010 when they finally released a new album called "My Father Will Guide Me Up a Rope to the Sky" and. You know, I listened to that, and it was like, wow, what is this? And then I was curious. I went back and listened to Filth, like, their debut album. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> this sounds so um, ahead of its time. It's like the shit that people are trying to do now, you know? It sounds, like, very Death Gripsy, like, in, in execution. Like, it's very disjointed, very kind of psychotic sounding. I really liked it. So, you know, I'm like... And, you know, I see a lot of people comparing when they... I see a lot of Death Grip fans talking about Swans. So that's why I'm kind of associating them with them with that band, associating Swans with Death Grips, just because a lot of fans that listen to Death Grips usually like a lot of crazy experimental music. Okay, so there's this album called The Seer. Can't say I really enjoyed that album like immensely, but it was me and my friend uh, Nico actually listened to it. Python, you know him, Nicholas. We actually listened to it in its entirety, and I enjoyed it, but I, I, you know, it, it got really weird towards the end. Um, the last couple of tracks that were just, like, you know, 19-minute, 23-minute-long fucking songs, it's like, oh, when does it end? You know, it's, uh, it was weird, but, you know, I like Swans. I like, I like any kind of experimental music that really tries to do something different. Um, so it was nice to see Swans come back after such a long hiatus and put out new music. Even though some people have told me that they don't really like the newer stuff. They prefer the older albums, which, like, I understand. A lot of people prefer original stuff as opposed to modern stuff. When it comes to bands, like, everyone's like, Metallica was the best in the 80s, and, you know, all, you know, so it makes sense. But, you know, I, I do appreciate the newer records, even though a lot of people may not really enjoy them as much as the, you know, but whatever. That's that, I guess, but it was cool to be able to experience a new type of music for the first time a while ago, and Swans definitely um, introduced me to a new style of rock um, that I'd never really heard before, which was very chaotic and um, psychotic sounding, um, but yeah. Anyway, that's a thing, I guess. Uh, I don't know what else to talk about, so I guess I'll just wrap this up. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, there will be many more episodes to come, so stay tuned for that. Whenever I feel like it, I'll be whipping out my mic and just recording. So, yeah, I'm going to be getting busy editing this uh, podcast now. So I will see you guys later. Take care.